Hey y'all and welcome back to That's Questionable Podcast with Cecily King and I'm your host Cecily King. It's season two episode 12 and I'm excited to get into it. I got the chance to interview Dante Jiggets aka Jigs. Yes he goes by Jigs and we got to talk about his blog especially on the realm of body dysmorphia. So check it out. It was really fun and yeah. You do. Yeah. But no, I wanted to talk to you today because after reading your blog post about body dysphoria, I realized that usually it's usually women that talk about it, but it's never really men. Mm-hmm. And they never get to dive into it because of the social constructs of what masculinity is. Yeah. So um, I just had a couple questions, nothing serious. Okay, it's cool, with me. Even if they were serious, that'd be cool. <laughs> All right. So, when did you start noticing your body? Um, when I was a child, because <laughs> I was—I mean, obviously, I wasn't born fat. Because who is? Um, except for those babies on Maury. I was no, <laughs> no, no. I was a little kid. Uh, got some pictures to prove it. But then <laughs> I um. I guess food just started tasting really good, and so I just got bigger. And I remember, I'm like in elementary school, I was bigger than a lot of other people. So I mean, I noticed it, but I won't say that I was like bullied in school for like like you see in movies and stuff because I was people like me. I would, I'm I was and still am hilarious, and apparently I was smart, so they used to like cheat off my answers in school. So I didn't get bullied, but I definitely noticed that I was like bigger than most of the other people. Okay. So, when you were in school, did it ever, like, affect you? Like, did it deter you away from certain things, such as, like, playing certain sports or, you know? <laughs> so, when I was in elementary school, one of them, I went to four different elementary schools. But when I went to, in one of them, yeah, I know, we moved a lot. I, um, there was this, like, performance that we had to be in called Temples and Tombs. And I had to, like, perform as, I don't know if I was King Tut or whoever, but they had me in this basically like this crop top <laughs> where like I had like the Egyptian stuff. And I was like, bro, I don't want to go on stage with my stomach all out in front of all these people. And I remember not wanting to do that in elementary school, but ultimately I was just like, I mean, I'm a child. What am I going to do? So I just went out there and did it. So like, I, I think it, 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 it didn't deter me from wanting from doing some of the stuff that I did, but it did. I always had reservations and not wanting to do that stuff. Um, when I was in middle school, because of this program I used to dance in called Minds in Motion, mm-hmm. I was in like the accelerated classes, which eventually put me in the one where we were like after school would dance around Richmond and do different performances. And I ended up getting a scholarship to the Richmond Ballet, which I had no idea about. I just remember they sent a letter to us. And I was I went to like a couple of classes, but then after a while I just quit. And like why'd you quit? You know, see look, with force with hindsight, it's like wow, I should have kept doing that. But obviously back then, I'm like, I'm in middle school, I got a whole bunch of problems at home, and I'm also fat, like and where I grew up in Richmond, I was like, I'm not about to be the little like I'm not about to be Mikey from recess. Um so <laughs> I mean I, like 
it was a, as we all know, it was a completely different time back in the 90s and all that stuff. So, like, mm-hmm. I just would have been a little gay fat kid, uh, which I just didn't want to be. So, I was like, I'm not going to do this. And I just quit. Like, nowadays, I would be like, wow, mm-hmm. I wish I would have kept doing that. But, like, back then, what are you going to do? Product, your product of your environment. Um, so, I do remember it affecting things like that. And even me in practice looking around, like, I don't fit in at all here. Like, if I did the uh, Nutcracker, I would probably be the Rat King, just because <laughs> the biggest one. That's what I was thinking. So, yeah. All right. So, when did you shift from being the bigger person to being fat? Because, like, usually, like, we never really take those type of words and apply it to ourselves until. Oh, well, so I'm one of those people who doesn't think of fat as a bad word. I think people can use it in a bad way. Um, like, it's a descriptor. Like, if some if somebody is fat, they are fat, but it's not necessarily to say it as in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was always the... I think I always considered myself fat and not just a bigger one. Like, I used to make jokes and be like, I'm pleasantly plump. Um, but, <laughs> I, uh, like, I mean, you grow up with kids in the... Like in Richmond, like we all used to just talk about each other. So obviously it wasn't like somebody wasn't going to say you were fat. Like they call me fat. I call them ugly. They call me whatever. I call them whatever. Like your kids talking about each other. And regardless of if it's playful and not malicious, you still identify with some of that stuff. So I don't think I had that transition because I don't remember ever being in a position where I was like, I'm not fat. I'm just big and had to like come to terms with it. I was just like, no, I'm fat. Mm-hmm. So there was something that you said that I want to key in on, and it's the not using certain words in the derogatory way. So the way I always see it is that everyone has fat. Some might have more or less. Same way everyone has skin. So technically, everyone's technically skinny. (laughs) That's one way to look at it. Mm -hmm. Um, When... Has there ever been a time where someone tried to like really attack your character just based off your body? Oh, there. <laughs> oh boy, I don't know how. Uh... <laughs> there have been some interesting times, and interesting scenarios, and situations that I have been in where um, being fat was definitely looked at as negative. Um, one of the things that's very interesting to always juggle is. being a guy and being friends with a lot of guys, there are a lot of guys who are very superficial Mm -hmm. to the point where they like would not even think of conversing with a woman who is fat in their eyes. Like I know people who say they can't sleep with fat women because it just like they're, uh, I don't know. I'll try to say this in a G rated way. Their genitals don't work with fat women. Um, (laughs) Then there's like other people who will be like looking at people like, oh, that's just, look at her, she's disgusting. And I'm just sitting there like, well, I'm bigger than her. Um, so like, it's very mm-hmm. interesting because people, like some people will not see you in that way. Like if you're a guy, I'm a guy, we're heterosexual or I guess cisgender heterosexual men. And mm-hmm. we, we don't look at each other in ways of attraction. So like they're looking at this person as if it's nasty because they're not attracted to them. Whereas they're not looking at me in the sense of, Oh, I could be attracted to Jigs, but um, it's gross. So that's one way to think about. Another way is I remember I dated this nice young lady. Um, Why'd you say it like that? 
Okay, I'm gonna let you. <laughs> and I remember at one point we were like, hey, we'll go ahead and do some uh, intimate actions as people who date sometimes do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was doing this thing that guys do sometimes where we're like, let me try to focus on something else so that I don't, uh, you know, run through the finish line too quickly. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I'm just out here looking at the corner, thinking about Ninja Turtles or something, trying to, you know, um, stay in the game. And she like was suggesting things to like try to think about. And I guess she had drank some wine, so that was her excuse. But she's like, I don't know, think about like, what she say? Think about like dead kittens, think about old people. I don't know, think about fat people. And I was like, that's a very weird thing to say when one is right here uh, inside of you. Um, so like, it's very, it was just a very strange situation where like you can see how people view mm-hmm. uh, like my body type when it's not me. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they'll look at me and they'll be like, oh, no. I've had people say, oh, you're not fat. You're just jigs. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I can be two things, bro. I can be more than two things. Like, um, oh, you're not black. You're just. Yeah. Like, no, nah, bro. Like, identify me as what I am. Like, don't. What is Like, nobody says, oh, I don't see weight. I just see people. Like, no, you see it all. Um, <laughs> like, and so it's been it's been a lot of situations where people have, I won't say necessarily attack me, but obviously, like, some you have situations where somebody gets mad or you hear just people talking about things. I've, I've seen girls in, com- in like group chats talking about guys and they're like, I tried to give a fat dude a chance one time and he had the audacity to do whatever, like never again. And I'm sitting there like, you can't, like, what's the problem with that? Like, why you got to pity this man? Um, so, you know, I hear a lot of this stuff and I just peep it. I, I don't have the energy to argue with people because their opinions are their opinions. I just know I'm never going to try to shoot my shot with them because why would I put myself in that situation? Mm-hmm. So, one thing that um, I did want to talk to you about is um, your blog. Mm-hmm. What caused you to even write about that? Because I do know that you do like monthly blog posts, but this one was different in particular. Um, I'm trying to think which one, because I wrote about two... Which one is this? Is this the one? No, the insecurities. Because I wrote one about my relationship with food about a month ago. Um, and in this month, I ended up writing two of them because I told myself this year I would try to write one a, one a month at least to just get consistent and have a consistent outlet. And so last month, it was a couple that I was juggling with writing because it was just some things that were pressing on my mind and my heart and I was like I'll just end up writing about food because it was more of an introspective journey where like growing up with a lot of things not being consistent um you know not being stable having moved a lot not always knowing um where I would go to school where we would be living all this other stuff I said that my mother always had a rule because when she grew up she said she knew how it felt to be hungry so she never wanted to make sure her kids were hungry So regardless of where we were, we always had food. So I said that was like one of the things that, you know, being introspective and thinking about, I realized that's why I have such an interesting relationship with it. Because when you're seeking out stability, you're naturally going to lean to um, what what is stable in your life. Whether it's uh, some people have addictions to drugs, whether some people have unhealthy habits with family, friends, whatever. And so... That, I think, was a precursor to the Insecurities blog 
because that one, I think it started when I got an invitation to be a groomsman for one of my friends next mm -hmm. year. And I was like, oh, well, now I got to get my body right because I don't want to go to the tailor and have him looking at me like, yeah, bro, you might pay a little extra. Um, so I was like, I'll, I'll do that. But I remember going to a brunch for my friend. Mm -hmm. and I'm usually one of the only guys because it just it's just the way that it goes. And so it was, I was the only, yeah, I was one of the only guys there. So I was sitting at the table talking to some of the girls and stuff I knew. And I remember them just like talking to this other girl, like two were from the same place. And one mentioned the high school she went to and she's like, oh, they got all the five men there. And the other girl's like, where they at? Can we invite them? I need to see them. Like, I want to be da 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 da. And I was just thinking about like all the times where I was in situations where I wasn't viewed as that. And obviously as people, you have you have the tendency to want to, I guess, identify or belong in certain groups, whether or not it's realistic or it even matters. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't so much sad that they didn't like find me attractive because none of them said I was ugly. I didn't really care. Like I wasn't trying to talk to any of them, but it just made me think about a lot of those old feelings, triggered some stuff that just made me think about all the situations I've been in when I go out with friends and I'm the biggest one. And like girls are always asking me, who are your friends? Who are they? Da, da, da. And I'm like, leave me alone. Um, <laughs> and so it made me just start writing about it um, because I think I try on my blog, I try to write about stuff when I am being like introspective. Mm -hmm. I try to just be honest and like more vulnerable because I feel like people always highlight the after and never the journey to get there. And so I wanted to write about it because I'm like, there's a lot of people who have insecurities. There's a lot of people who suffer from insecurities who maybe I won't say shouldn't because I can't tell you your feelings are like invalid. But yeah there are a lot of things that play into why we are insecure and a lot of them are not the healthiest and i think social media nowadays affects a lot of that where like if you're a girl and you go on social media and you see all these guys and they're just like clamoring over these like half naked girls with fake unrealistic bodies or you know, if you're lighter skinned and you see them fetishizing dark skinned women and you feel like, oh, I'm not, nobody likes me or you the opposite. Or if you're a guy and all you see is girls talking about, oh, I love Michael B. Jordan or I love some bodybuilder type, do whatever. If you don't fit that stereotype or if you don't fit that type, it can easily make you feel less than. And so I wanted to write about how like, I'm, who am I? I'm 31 and I still have like those feelings. Like it's not something that just goes away if anything, it's something that you just have to learn to work through a lot harder because it won't stop. It's going to continue to go on. Like, grow up, you see it in the media, you see it in movies. Now it's in your hand. It's only a computer. It's like no matter where you look, you're going to see unrealistic goals and people like placing those on a pedestal as if that's what everybody should like strive towards. And so I wanted to write about that just so that people can understand that this is not something unique. It's not something they shouldn't, they should feel bad about. It's something that like, it's normal. It's okay to have those feelings. Just make sure you try to work through them. Okay. That was a lot. Thank you for that. Um, there's one thing that you mentioned, which was like social media. And I know 
there's a big uprise when it comes to women and body positivity, but it seems like there really isn't the same on the male side of things, and especially when it comes to social media, because almost every man has like the same body type. <laughs> um, what are your views on that? I think, I think the body positivity movement is very, it's a very interesting thing to juggle because I think a lot of it is very much like, like a lot of the people who claim to support it are fluff. Like they're lying. Like they might fetishize people, but I used to joke and say fat people and dark skinned people were really only loved on the internet because in person people still dog them and talk about them like they're the worst things ever. They still look at them like you'll see um, a beautiful like chocolate model and everybody's like she's the most beautiful person in the world on social media but when you're going out with friends and they see like darker skinned people they still like make jokes or talk about them um and i mean it's getting a lot better but i think that it's hard to navigate who's honest and sincere and who's not because it's easy to say whatever you want on social media mm-hmm. but as far as like the like disparity between like how's how men and women are celebrated for body positivity. I think that for men, there have been a lot of, there's a lot of women who say they're chubby chasers. There's a lot of women who say they like bigger men. And mm-hmm. I think it's similar to the guys who say they like big girls or they like big women. They like a specific body type. Um, and if, if, if you're not in that body type, then it's like, no, like when guys say they like thick girls, they usually look at like somebody who is bigger, but she's still like Coke bottle shape, like very proportioned in certain ways. Okay. Make for, mm-hmm. Whereas for guys, I remember they had this thread on Twitter that pops up every while it was like big boy Twitter. And they were talking about like all the guys that they like, but everybody was built like an NFL, like linebacker or lineman, like they weren't. They didn't have a gut. They didn't have like, like they were, they were, they were big, but they were like solid. And so people who didn't fit that, yeah, they were like, uh. And then if you were fluffy, even then it was like only to a certain threshold. After that, it was like, no, like put a shirt on, like, oh, get out of here. Or, oh, you're going to get diabetes or you got high blood pressure. Like you see the comments from people who everybody's a health expert. And it's like, I think after a certain threshold, it, you see that for guys and even with the big guys, like they want a specific body type. And obviously it's not a blanket because there's some women who like, there's some women who like my body type. There's some women who like very skinny guys, whatever. So this is not to discount them, but I think as a whole, what you, what you tend to see is the majority starting to gravitate towards a certain type of big person um, on both sides. And I've seen that a lot for guys, like those threads were very telling when all the women talked about it and like what what type of big guy they like and I was like they're not fat they're just like tall they're like 6'4 like 250 and they're like oh my gosh the guy's like I love a big dude and I'm like that's not like that's it's not how everybody looks and so I've seen that a lot and that's like I said it's interesting to figure out who's sincere and who's not but mm-hmm. so do you ever feel like you are pressured to lose weight of course. I feel like I don't know who wouldn't feel that way. Um, mainly because 
I won't say mainly, but it's not necessarily just because of social media, but there's also like this new health kick that everybody has been gravitating towards where like more people are like, oh, we don't eat X, Y, Z. We don't drink X, Y, Z. We're trying to be healthier as a whole, like a the conscious crowd would say like, oh, we're all like on this doctor, CV tip, whatever. Everybody just want to eat sea moss and uh, celery juice. You just and took sea moss. I'm not doing this with you. I took sea moss capsules because like I said, my friends own the business that do that. And so I buy it to support them. And if it helps me, great. If it doesn't, you know, at least I've supported my friends. Um, <laughs> but I am not going to buy some raw sea moss gel and put it in a smoothie and drink it and make and think all of a sudden that, you know, I'm now going to lose 50 pounds tomorrow. Obviously mm-hmm. hyperbole, but still. Um, and so I think the pressure to lose weight is there. Um, like, it's, it, I don't see how it could not be. Like, whether it's, I'm not saying I have to, but the pressure is going to be there. Because whether mm-hmm. it's social media and seeing like who people like, whether it's going to the doctor and the doctor immediately saying, hey, you need to lose weight. And they check all your vitals and all your labs are good, but they're like, yeah, you should really lose some weight. And it's like, well, can you give me an adequate reason? Or hearing the stories of like women who go to the hospitals and they're like, you need to lose weight. And they're like, but I have these pains. And they're like, oh, it's because you're fat and you need to lose weight. And then Mm -hmm. after they lose the weight, they find out something really was wrong with them, but it's like too late. It's like at stage four or something. And the doctors just don't, Listen, because everybody's go-to is if you're overweight, that's the cause of whatever's happening. So, like, even from a survival point, like, sometimes you feel like if you want to be listened to from a medical uh, a medical professional, you're pressured to lose weight just so that they can think that whatever's wrong with you is not because of something else. And so I think the pressures come from everywhere. Um, so I would be lying if I said I did not feel that pressure. Okay. Like, have you ever been in a moment where, like, you're so worried about losing the weight or trying to diet to society standards that it's caused you any like mental health problems? Um, I think from my experience, and I'll speak personally. Like in 2013, I was doing this crazy diet called like the Caveman Power Diet, and basically there were like three phases and. By the third phase, it was like a daily fast until dinner. And it was like one meal a day type thing. So like I lost a lot of weight and I felt good. I knew it wasn't sustainable from a dietary standpoint, but that didn't mess up my mental health. What messed up your mental health is, I think, after the diet is over and you start trying to like live back to your normal life or try to like back into your normal life and you start to feel guilty for doing things like eating lunch um because i'm doing this phase three where i don't eat until dinner and then after that when i'm eating i start feeling guilty and i think that's it's not good for you mentally when you start to feel guilty about doing things that you need to do to survive and i see that with a lot of people who do crash dieting even me when i'm trying to eat better like you have a slip up and you're like, oh, I'm trying to eat better. And then the next thing you know, you eat some rice one day and you feel like absolutely terrible. You feel like you let yourself down, the world down. And I think that just comes from an unhealthy mentality around like dieting and eating because I can see you, I can I can understand if you feel bad because you're eating McDonald's every day um, because mm-hmm. you're like, I shouldn't be doing this. But like, if you're 
eating well most of the time and you you know have a cheat meal or you eat something that you're not supposed to do you go out with somebody you'll go out with friends and eat something you shouldn't beat yourself up about it like but i think mentally that has happened to me plenty of times with trying to lose weight or you know if i used to obsess over a number on the scale if it's not going down i would feel terrible like what is why is this not happening like i've ate well all i've eaten well all week i've been working out yet i haven't lost any weight and you have to, I had to constantly remind myself, like, it took you X amount of years to get to this point. It's not going to take you, like, two weeks to get away from it. And so I think the mental health part is more so, like, after the diets or when you're trying to get back on the um, wagon. It's just, it can be very hard and you start to look at normal things that shouldn't be, you know, devastating as something that you beat yourself up over. Okay. So do you feel like there's a misconception when people think that um, big people don't work out or diet and they're just like, they're not home or all day? I think there is a huge misconception. And I think it's very, I, I remember this meme and it was, I think it was a meme or a post where it was like a, a big dude eating a salad and like, it's like you can't win because if you're trying to eat a salad and lose weight, you have people be like, man, I know your big ass wants something more than that. That salad ain't going to do nothing. Or they would like, it's like, which one do you do? Like if you're, if you're big and trying to lose weight and people see you in the gym, they'll be like, you should be in the gym more. You need to be lifting more. You should be eating better. And like, they nope, you never know somebody's point of their journey. You can see somebody, you know, eating better and they've been, they've lost a hundred pounds already. Mm -hmm. um, but you never know. So the misconception is real. Like when they see, when you see big people doing things, it can often be looked at as, oh, they're they're not doing good enough, or they should be doing better, or you need to be in the gym more, you need to eat more, eat better. Um, they look at us and assume we have all health issues. When oddly enough, like I don't, I've never been pre-diabetic. I don't have hypertension. I don't have any of that stuff. Like my cholesterol levels are good. Every time I go to my annual checkup, my labs, my lab and stuff turn out really well. And if there is anything that's like slightly elevated is maybe like two or three points. And they're like, yeah, just, I can, I know because I haven't been working out like consistently up until that point. And it's always interesting to me because we'll do biometric health screenings at work sometimes. And I remember I go in there and they're like, yeah, for your height and weight, like your blood pressure is really good. And then I'll see all these other skinny people walking around like, yeah, I have high blood pressure or I have diabetes. And the conception, is, the perception is that I would be the one with these issues. Mm -hmm. Because when you're fat, there's no way you don't have something wrong. Like there's no way I don't have asthma. There's no way I'm not diabetic. So if I'm eating sugar, people will automatically probably think I should be eating it or, um, you know, fried food, something like that. And so I think there's a huge misconception when it comes to big people and just a misconception about health in general. Like you can be born with a type of diabetes. It does not necessarily mean that you're eating a bunch of sugar. There is a link to that, but just because somebody's big does not mean they live on a diet of sugar. So they may not be diabetic. Um, they may not eat all the carbs in the world. So they may not be diabetic. Um, they may not have high blood pressure, but generally society would think that we do. Okay. So when it comes to you and your journey, where do you feel like you fall? I think I'm still on the journey. It's a continuous journey. I think um, health is a lifelong journey. Mm -hmm. I think um, 
I don't see it as a weight loss journey. I see it as a health journey. Like my goal is to be healthy, live as long as I can and not have complications in my older years due to things that could have been prevented. Um, I think I've grown enough to understand and at least be able to constantly reassure and tell myself that, you know, one mistake isn't the end of the world. Um, a particular number doesn't define you. I even, anybody who's watching this, you should look up the origins of BMI. It's uh, obviously like everything else in this country is based in like racism. Um, but it's, it's interesting, like the guy who made it wasn't even a medical professional. He was like an astrologer, talked about stuff and obviously based it on one type of like European body type. So everybody else didn't fit that scale, but now it's adopted as like this end all be all thing. And so as I get more educated and start to learn about things, I take from things what is important. Like, obviously, I don't care if my BMI says a certain number because there are professional athletes who are all muscle who are considered overweight from the BMI. But I do understand, like, if I am a lot more fat than muscle or a lot more fat than it's not good on my joints or something, then right, like right now I may be fine. But in 20 years, that hurts my joints a lot more. So I may have complications. So I think I am at a point where I'm rational and logical enough to not beat myself up over things, but also understand why it's important to be healthier, or why it's important to eat better or lift weights or work out or do cardio. Mm -hmm. And not just because I think, you know, society wants me to feel better or look a certain way, but because I want to have a healthier life. If I have kids, I want to be able to play with them. I want to be able to like throw a football. I want to be able to go outside and do stuff. Like, And so I think that's where I'm at. And I hope a lot of people get to that point. Um, yeah. Yes, Jake. Go ahead, Jake. I'll try, I'll try. All right, so I'm going to like do a couple more questions. Hot yeah. round questions. All right, so what are you looking forward to when it comes to 2021, especially when it comes to your blog? Um, what am I looking forward to? A couple of vacations because Lord knows I feel like we all need them. I want to go somewhere and be by some water and not have to worry about doing any work or doing anything for my chapter. Um, I'll be double dosed up in a couple of weeks, so then I won't feel bad about flying somewhere. Um, so, up. Mm -hmm. Right up in this arm, buddy. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm looking forward to being able to vacation and honestly. I mean, to be completely honest, I can't think of much that I'm actually looking forward to because the way the world is going right now and just the way time is flying, like, unless things take a drastic change, I don't see much being different right now, mm -hmm. like in the future than right now. So I'm just looking forward to being able to take care of me and do some do some fun stuff. And I guess writing more, finding different topics and being consistent with my writing because people tend to like it. Yeah, I like it. I was just like, oh my gosh, you have a blog? Why don't you say anything? Uh, I but I can't say anything because I do the same. I'm just like, oh, it's just what I do. <laughs> I don't think I'm a great writer, but apparently other people like it. So I said, all right, well. It's insightful. Like it. And like you do something that a lot of people, like if you told me that there was like a black man that's like well-educated and has a diverse background, like started writing blogs. I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. I'm probably not in his demographic, but I'll read it. 
Yes. I started it because of one of my friends that I used to work with. She just thought I had a lot of interesting perspectives and uh, thoughts about things. So she's like, you should start a blog. And I was like, eh, maybe. And so I originally wrote about just like funny things. I think my first one was called My, my Poor Nose. And it was just about going into the bathroom at work and seeing like every stall occupied and just that smell. Um, and then it was like some things I would just ingest, some things that were just random thoughts I had. And then I started writing about more personal things that people tended to gravitate towards. So, Okay, so last question. What is something you want to leave the audience with? Run your race is your race. Don't, I'm not going to say don't let society influence you because that's impossible. Um, Don't let people tell you your feelings are invalid. If you feel bad about something, that's perfectly okay. There's nothing wrong with feeling bad. It's only a problem when you stay in that state. Um, So always work to try to move forward, get yourself out of it, but feel your feelings, uh, think your thoughts, allow yourself time to actually, you know, not like allow yourself to feel. And if you, if you're on a journey for somewhere, I mean, towards somewhere, whether it's a health journey, a hair journey, a natural hair journey, you know, weight, you know, getting a new job, whatever, embrace the journey because the after is only going to be for a moment. Like that, you see before and after pictures, those are pictures and the real important part is what happens in between there. You'll be, that's where you form your healthy habits. That's where you start to love yourself a little bit more. Like everybody I know who grows their locks, they're like, you know, in this journey, I've learned to love myself a lot more. For women I know who've done like the big chop or they're going, they're transitioning to natural, they start to find their natural curls. They start to find the natural pattern and they fall in love with their self. For people who are on health journeys, some people realize that they fall in love with working out. Um, they Some people find they fall in love with cooking because they start to try new things. I think it's a personal journey. So allow yourself to experiment with things and find what you like. If you find out that, you know, what works for you is cooking every day, don't let people who say, oh, you need to meal prep every Sunday and have all your meals planned. If that that don't work for you, it don't work for you. Um, It's your journey and love yourself and learn to love yourself and give yourself grace. Like we all make mistakes. We all fall off. We all do things that we don't like. We all make, quote unquote, bad decisions. Give yourself grace. Like you're human. It's okay. You're allowed to uh, fail. Um, failure is not a bad thing. Failure is just an opportunity to grow more. Oh my God, you're so adorable. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for being on my podcast. Um, if y'all didn't know, I definitely was like, I read his article and was like, okay, I'm going to ask him the same day. Cool. So I'm happy to be here with you. And yeah. No problem. Thanks for having me. And I hope whoever's listening or watching, um, don't come at me too bad. I need to moisturize my beard. And, uh, but you know. I'm not putting the video <laughs> Oh, that's cool. Then you can't see me. Yeah, this is beautiful. Yeah, um, the video. Uh, okay, cool. No, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Until next time. Love All right. Can, uh, I can't wait to hear this back. Of course. Well, now I'm done. I already know where I'm going to edit. But yeah, of course you're going to hear this back. Okay, cool. Um, I'll probably post this on Wednesday. 
have a couple of those from Better Than Closer Friends. If you want to know more about him and his story, hit me up on either my personal or that's questionable. (laughs) Uh, I loved interviewing him every single time we talk. It's wonderful. But until then, next time, see ya.